All right, welcome to episode 70 of the Hot Grits Podcast. I'm Travis Janon, and with me, as always, is Spencer Maddox. Loaded episode today for episode 70. We got Tyler Gillum, the head coach of the Savannah Bananas, on an interview on the back half. But first, Spencer and I will talk about Julio Jones being traded, his Hawks going 1-0 over the 76ers, the Braves responding directly to everything I say, and this weekend's Palmetto Championship at the Congaree Golf Club. Stay tuned. We're going to get after it. Episode 70 of the Hawkers Podcast. My name is Van Johnson. I'm 67th mayor of the city of Savannah. I'm pro go Let's go. That's all we need. Ain't nobody gonna rip like me, spit like me, flip like me, drop them high grits like me, hits like me, just like me. Nah. Ain't nobody gonna rip like me, spit like me, flip like me, drop them high grits like me, hits like me, just like me. Nah. Ain't nobody gonna do it like me, do it like me, make other rappers do it like me. Okay, welcome in episode 70. Welcome, Spencer, welcome, welcome. Spencer Maddox, Travis Jadon, with you guys. We're recording Monday, June 7th, uh, right after Spencer's Hawks took a one nothing series lead over the Sixers uh, the week before Golf's Palmetto Championship, yeah. like 30 minutes from here. A little early week episode for these. Correct. Mm. Uh, a day after Julio Jones is traded to the Titans. Um, so we'll talk about all of that and more, plus the Bravos and how I am directly responsible for there uh or dansby swanson's busting out of late well you did it with austin too you talked that's correct you dogged austin and the prince that was promised just showed who he is dude show his heart on the field you do it to dansby he turns around and does the same thing right so we'll we'll break down uh all the mean things you have to say about all the bravest players later in order yes to, i'm doing a service for the yeah Braves. yes yes so we're on the same page with that are we on the same page with the julio jones trade to the Tennessee Titans, the Falcons in return get a first or a second round pick this yeah. year, 2022, like the next draft, right? Um, and then a third and a sixth, I believe, is the return for I Julio thought, Jones. I thought the sixth was going back to Tennessee. That's the impression that I had. No, 2023 fourth round pick. Okay, so that that changes and 2023 things. Sixth that changes round. things significantly. That is like a little bit of a haul, right? But I mean. And, well, you get a second round pick this year, a fourth round pick next year, and a sixth round pick next year. Yeah, that's the, that's the return. I, I think it's like fair. I don't yeah. think it's like a haul. Yeah, any, I mean, I, well, I mean, you you get a lot of players in return if nothing. I you think get so. Three yeah. players in return, but I mean, it is a little disappointing that they didn't get a first round pick, right? Cause it, because all we you heard, assume they would have gotten a first round pick six months ago, and I, I agree. yeah, I agree. Yeah, and also reports came out that multiple teams were offering a first round pick, but not recently, right? You're talking about no, 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 no. In the past, like two weeks, wow. sources were saying the Falcons were had multiple offers for a first round pick. Well, I know but I'm assuming it would have just been one pick, right? I know what my answer would be. Yeah, but would you rather have one first round pick? I think so. Yeah, than, than a second, fourth, and sixth. I think so. Yeah, I think me too. But I mean, on defense, you Front can actually, actually use the like. It's, football's different than basketball. Like a second round pick in basketball, eh, get it out of here. It's just like a. Sweetener. It's really irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, a fourth round pick in football, like you can get a DB that'll play eight years for you. You know what I mean? Like that can happen. So and a new GM, Terry Fontenot, yeah, is obviously trying to restamp the team and trying to build it how he wants it built. And that starts with, I mean, it's a similar to what the Dolphins did. It starts with you have to find your coach, and that's what right. we were talking about all along. Until that happens, you're donezo. The Falcons presumably have their quarterback for right. the next two years. Like, I think that's Matt Ryan. I think the trade talk with Matt Ryan can now cease. 
and for a while. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this. I the Falcons are not Super Bowl contenders anymore in my mind. I think that's done with for. They right never now. were right. All right, all right. So that's done with. Are the Titans? But I mm, yes, yeah. I would say so. Yeah, but and, and let me ask you this: Do you think they will exceed their projected win total for this year in Vegas? I the, think the Falcons. Yeah, I think it's a lock. What was it? I I have no idea. That I'm just saying. Whatever that number is, I bet the Falcons exceed it. That's I, worth looking I, yeah, at. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. You wouldn't? No. Why, what would make you believe that they're going to... It's a new coach. It's like a bounce back year. Everybody's assuming they're going to do worse than they would the prior year. You know what I mean? Because they've lost Julio. But I think you add Kyle Pitts. Matt Ryan has a better year under a new coach. I think it's almost certainly going to exceed that total. I think they're, the Falcons are going to surprise people. They're not a serious team, but they will do well relatively in the regular season in my I mind. I think the win total has to change by at least half a win. Yeah. With Julio Jones gone, right? Yeah. Maybe even yeah, yeah, a yeah. full win. No, I would say at least a full win. Yeah. In so Vegas. Five days ago, that. five days ago, according to NJ.com, uh, Bet MGM had the Atlanta Falcons 7.5. 7.5? Remember, there's an extra game now. Yeah. So we have to retrain our minds. Seven wins does not equal nine losses now. Seven wins equals ten losses. Gotcha. You go seven and ten, eight and nine. There's literally no chance they don't win more than seven games in my mind. There's no chance. Really? Yes. I'd take the under. You would take the under? I would take the under. I would take the under. Even adding Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Matt Ryan is almost certainly, he's going to do, I would think he's not on the downslope completely, you know, at least statistically. He's still out there putting up top 10 numbers. Bro, right now, looking out, I don't know who I like less in the NFC South than the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I don't know. I think I like the Panthers more. I really do. I, I know I like the Bucks more. It's just when you look back on I last think I year, like the Saints there were more. so many games that were like fluky losses. But you that's know what I mean? their MO. That's what they do. I, I know, they I know, I games. know. But the different regime. Same players, different regime. Minus Julio. We talked about this when they hired... What's this guy's name? Art Smith? Artie, yeah. I mean, it has to be an Art Smith. Didn't yeah. It, didn't it need to be Arthur Smith yeah. as the head coach? They're trying to accumulate as many Arthurs as they possibly as can. As many that white org. guy names as possible. Well, just Arthurs. Yeah. Arthur just, can be a black guy name. Uh, yeah, I didn't... Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Arthur Smith is just very forgettable. I didn't even it's remember... It's just what vanilla the is right. what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is, which is okay. white ice all right, cream. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a white ice cream. Vanilla's <laughs> um, Let me tell people about Coach's Corner, Spencer, before we move on. Coach's Corner in Savannah, our title sponsor. They have been for quite a while now. They are the number one sports bar in Savannah. John Henderson and those guys will hook you up if you tell them the Hot Grits podcast sent you. Tell them the Hot Grits podcast sent you. Every week they'll have a different rotating special for those who say that. 912-352-2933. Go like them on Facebook and check them out at 3016. East Victory Drive and Thunderbolt. Uh, don't forget they have uh, other shows on the Coach's Corner Sports Network as yes. well. Rubbin' and Grubbin', Brandon Bain uh, has been rolling solo, and that guy's killing it. Mad props to Brandon Bain, Rubbin' and Grubbin'. Go like them and subscribe on Facebook to or subscribe on YouTube to their channel. And then uh, go like Coach's Corner Facebook page to watch those videos on Wednesday. I night. still got to join Rubbin and Grubbin one time. You've been on Rubbin and Grubbin. Yeah. I've blessed. been on Rubbin and Grubbin once to promote the podcast, but it was like I, I haven't talked chop with him. I, I need to talk chop with him one time. Yeah. But, yeah. We um, need to get in touch with Brandon. He's that guy works 95 hours a week. So yeah, he's, yeah. he's tough, yeah, yeah. But, but he grinds on Wednesday night. So check them out. 
Also, the AD and Coach Carl DeMont, co- the coach in the AD, uh, Chad Griffin, has moved on to Hebron Christian in Atlanta. So he's no longer a regular part of the of the Carl DeMossi show. Um, but that's still Wednesday nights, Saturday mornings. Check them out. Uh, we want to send our congrats out to, to Chad Griffin absolutely. for sure. Um, he was your teacher coach so, yeah, yeah, yeah. at Calvary and uh, really transformed that entire athletic program. You, you got any crazy stories yeah, about yeah, Chad? Yeah, well, Chad was like a big part of me growing up, honestly. He was my homeroom teacher. So when he's I responsible first... for this. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's responsible. It didn't turn out even worse than it could have been. You know <laughs> right, what I mean? Right, right. It could All have right. gone down. So he, Chad's my homeroom teacher in sixth grade. I'm 12 years old. He's also my history teacher and like a coach on the football team. I was a quarterback. He's got you by the balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's (laughs) all over the place in my life. All right. So in history class, I remember I was 12 years. I was 11, 12 years old. Right. Um, And, you know, we're big 69 guys on this podcast. Right. Like it's it's an important number for us. Okay, it's a funny number. It's a funny number because we're children. I was 11 years old. Chad says, Turn to page 69 in your textbooks. No. And I say, 69, <laughs> like that, like loud as and obnoxious as shit, because that's who I was as a kid. <laughs> and Coach Griffin doesn't say anything, doesn't say anything, closes the book, gets up, grabs me by the arm, and drags me out of the class. <laughs> the, whole, the, whole, yes. <laughs> the whole class is just dying <laughs> laughing at me. And he takes me outside and gives me a talking to that I'll never forget. He probably has forgotten it, but I'll never forget. He's just kind of shaking me a little bit, not too hard, not too soft, shaking me a little bit and saying, I've stuck up for you so many times. (laughs) 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 All the other teachers were getting together saying, we got to give up on this Maddox kid. (laughs) This Maddox kid's a lost cause. Yeah, because he knows my dad. You know what I mean? My dad's a minister. He's like, me and the other football coaches, we said you're a good kid, but I'm done with that. Yada, yada, yada. And I, I was a good kid from from then on out for my middle school years. The and, thing uh, is, the thing I've is, always loved Chad. He was my soccer coach, too. He was great. You know, I've always, I've always, could have just as easily been 68 or 70 yeah. pages, and all of that would have been forgotten. Well, the thing is, dude, I didn't even know what 69 meant. Of course I just, not. Yeah, I just, saw, not. I just saw the Billy Madison movie. So I like, you know, yeah, yeah, Billy Madison, where he says it, and I did the same thing. So I blame my sister. <laughs> but what does it mean? I, you know what? I've never actually looked up the definition. It's a funny number, though. It is funny, though. Nice. Um, the Braves are 28 and 29, Spencer. Uh, they, they'll they never... How many times are we going to record this freaking podcast where they're one game under? <laughs> they took, Every they week this, we come back they here. They took the series, but, dude, they did not win the one that I was at. They Jesus were, Christ. You were there Friday night, Friday game night, one yeah, against yeah. the Dodgers. Yeah. Um, Front row, prime seats. On, in right field of a chop house. Uh, I took my girlfriend. This is her first baseball game ever. She didn't even know that the three outs were a thing. That which, blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that was, blows my mind. It was nuts. Uh, and shouts out to her. She she was wonderful. She was a good sport to it and booked us a beautiful hotel room. They didn't have water in our hotel room, dude. Oh, that's a thing. Wait, what do you mean? Okay. All right. All right so I'll tell you. Okay. We, we come back from the bars, right? We go upstairs. We're thirsty. Like, we, we need water. We look around. There's no like water bottles. There's no fridge. We, I'm like, certainly there's a vending machine out here. We go to the vending machine. Vending machine doesn't work. So we go downstairs. This is a four-star hotel. You're dying right now. You're yeah, parched. we need water. Okay. So I go up to the front desk guy and I'm like, hey, man, uh, there's no water in our room. And like the vending machine's not working. He's just like, oh, yeah. And that's it. Like he doesn't say anything what? else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What time of night is this? This is like 1 a.m. But I'm like, can you 
go get me some like there's just no water he's like no we don't have any amount of money sir i just need water no we just don't have any and i was like okay so how do people stay alive here what do you drink (laughs) can i have some of that (laughs) so funny but what'd you do you went to the sink upstairs in your room no 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 we uh, yeah if it would if everything was closed i would have just had my head under the faucet (laughs) but we we went across the street and paid like 15 dollars for three bottles of water she was pissed but it was a good experience. Oh, at that point, you pay any amount. Of that money was the low water. point of the trip. That was the low point of the trip for sure. So the Braves but, giving up eight runs in an inning, despite only giving up three hits and committing no errors in that inning, yeah. was not the low point. No, 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 close though. Yeah, 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 close. But the low point was not having water to survive. Wild, but dude, yeah. I mean, you the, sat in right field, didn't you? Yeah, the Braves Cor- got both. Coors Light. Coors yeah, Light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it called? Chop-, Chop House. That's where we sit every time we go to. What were you drinking? Uh, run, I was sipping the Miller stuff. I uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I started Coors Light. I went to Miller Light because eh, it's not a Coors guy, man. Mountains are blue. No, but it's I went, fair. Yeah, yeah. I went Miller Light. There's a Frenchy. There's a Francoeur beer out there that they only sell in right field. I think. Yeah, and I forget the name of it. I, I forget it too. I didn't get it. It's a little more expensive. <laughs> so funny on the Braves broadcast. Every time a ball is hit out there, or every time they show the fans out there, Francoeur always plugs his stuff. <laughs> he finds a way to work it in. He's the man. He's the yeah. anti Bob Rathbun. He had one good year, and he's a hero forever. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, he's the dude. He's just the man around Atlanta for yeah. sure. He's, yeah, he was a star at Parkview before he even ever even went to the pros. Braves 28 and 29. They lose Friday night to the Dodgers, then win Saturday and Sunday. So there's still a game under 500. But Spencer, I believe, A, that I it's been proven that I have direct effect over the outcome of the I'm, I'm I'm on board at this point. Yeah. Because um, I mean, you flamed Dansby. the moment I trashed Dansby Swanson. I want to say 67, episode 67. And 68. Probably went after him back in 68. To back. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Back to back. Um, Look, he's been red hot since then. He's been one of their best hitters. He had the second highest OPS throughout the month of May for the Braves. Incredible. The entire month. Incredible. And I was just dogging this guy. He's turned it on. Meanwhile, the Braves still get to 500, and then they lose three straight. They lose four straight. They win four, then they lose five. They take two steps forward and three steps back. It's the same old thing with this team. They're getting Shane Green back in the bullpen soon. I think um, Max Freed has been looking better. I think Drew Smiley really remains the only question mark in the rotation. I, I, the th- what I did to Dansby Swanson, where I dogged him and then he got red yeah. hot, uh, Bryce Wilson has seen that treatment before for me. All right. I dogged him. Yes. He came out. Now he's like a legitimate yes. five-star. And we're, we're baseball guys on this podcast, right? Correct. But I need to tell you, just to update the people, we were right on Mike fulton Yeah. Have a look at Mike Fulton Everett's record out in Texas. Can I tell you what it is, Spencer? No. Our guy, yes, yes, yes. You our guy is one in six. <laughs> if you're checking it's Mark, in on Mike. It's Mark Fulton Everett, I thought. Mark Fulton Everett. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. I always get confused. Mark Fulton is in Texas rocking a one in six. So he's still really doing what he's always done. Yeah, but this year, it's a new year. And we're baseball guys. It's a long season. We got something going here. You know what I mean? When, Whenever. All right. So if you have a hitting streak and you're wearing the same pair of socks, you keep wearing that that pair of socks until the hitting streak. Nothing over. changes. Yes. All right. So I'm going to list off some guys and you're going to say some mean things about them. Okay. Okay. Good. All right. We'll start in, with. In order to get, get them going. Yes. Okay. So we'll start with Freddie Freeman. 
Freddie Freeman has been overrated since he arrived in okay. Atlanta. Okay. And this guy, honestly, how he won the MVP last year is a miracle to me. I bet he ends the season batting two twenty. Uh, maybe hits fifteen homers next. All right. Let's go, Pablo Sandoval. Pablo Sandoval is the biggest piece of shit in Major League Baseball, and I'll tell I'll tell you why. He stole money from the Boston Red Sox in 2017, and they this team was a World Championship caliber team. This Red Sox team, they had just won the World Series after all. They bring him in, eh, 35 mil a year, World Series guy, been there with the Giants, won it before. He stinks up the joint. Yep, he stinks up the joint. He brings the Red Sox down from within. From within right. the clubhouse, right. he brings him down to his level where he's sipping Diet Coke out of his Gatorade bottle in the middle of the game, stealing money and batting 210. I think Pablo Sandoval has had a negative impact on the Braves despite what the stats say. He's ruined that clubhouse vibe. Okay. Next. Next. All right. Ozzy Albies. <sighs> he's killing the ball. Um not playing with swagger, though. You know what I mean? Like, right. More swagger from yeah, Ozzy. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of lame right now. Yeah. Uh, not really. Acuna is just killing him in the swag game. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. But Acuna, here's what I'll say about this this guy, okay. Ronald Acuna. Yellow is not part of the Braves' colors. Okay? Despite how much you want it to be, two, yellow two episodes, is not two, part of it. Two episodes you loved it. Yellow is not a part of the <laughs> team right, colors. All right. There we go. There we go. There we go. I don't want to dog any more of them. All right. You, uh, one more. One okay. more for the people. One more for the people. I'm gonna this pick. Is, this I'm gonna is pick, for them. This hurts me. Yeah, I'm gonna pick another guy who's just like going fire. Oh, why? Luke Jackson. <laughs> if Luke Jackson throws another pitch and rubs his right hand down the right side of his pants again in order to wipe off the sweat that he wiped off the pitch prior, I'm gonna freak out. <laughs> Every time he throws a pitch, the right hand comes down the right side of his ass and he wipes off sweat that's not there, Luke. It's not there. Dude, I will say this about Luke Jackson. It doesn't matter. He could go out and throw. He'll never convince the Braves. He'll, yeah, he'll go. He'll throw 30 scoreless innings. Every time he comes in, I'm like. Oh. <laughs> it's because of that look. And he wipes his. Like, yeah, he, dude. He it, like throws his hair behind his ears. Like he does a little curl behind his it, ear. There's something about him being pudgy and just like sweaty, dude. He looks like he Luke. looks like he got hammered the night before. And he just came out and was like rubbing his belly. You yeah. know what I mean? On the mound. Yeah. Like that's that's what I get. He he drank twelve beers and then came to the ballpark the next day. <laughs> that's all I got to say He's about Luke Jackson. He's the best reliever they have, though. <laughs> yes, and dude. I'm telling you, He's Braves fans, fire. Braves fans will never be sold on Luke Jackson. No. And he's unquestionably the best reliever in that pin right now. Okay, I guess Chris Martin, but yeah. Not enough innings yet. No. Sample size. And Luke Jackson's always been a stuff guy. You know what I mean? And his oh, stuff, he does have the stuff. His stuff is on fire right great, now. Great baseball term. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, we got, we got our interview with Tyler Gillum, Bananas manager, coming up. Yeah. So more baseball talk where Spencer showcases his baseball prowess. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. With we the got, red hot Savannah Bananas, yes. by the way. 7-0 and to start the year. Come on. We got to get to my Hawks, though, right? We do got to get to your Hawks. We got to get to my Hawks. First, let me tell the people about John Carr Real Estate. John Carr is in playoff mode, playoff form, 365. Yeah. This guy has never ever met a house that he can't buy or sell. He's like I don't think he has yet. Damian Lillard style closer. This dude is a closer. Well, Damian Lillard just got eliminated. I know, but he closes. Um, yeah, okay. Read the ad. John Carr in Savannah, 912-228-0916. John Carr Real Estate on Facebook, johncarrealty.com. 
sold over $7 million worth of homes. And if you tell him that the Hot Grits podcast sent you, you'll get a discount on your listing fees. So if you're trying to sell your house, if you're trying to buy a house in the Savannah area, you're really messing up and you're not that cool of a person if you're not calling John Carr Real Estate. 912-228-0916. John Carr in Savannah. Uh, the Hawks, 1-0 over the Sixers. They survived. Whew. They survived. Um, the Hawks are better than LeBron James all time. Yeah. Obviously, they outlasted him in the playoffs. His smug cupcake ass. Thank God, dude. Uh, the Hawks almost blew it, and I'll let you take it from here. Yeah, right. So you didn't can see- I Can I tell you what I watched? Yes. So I'm watching Sunday, 1 o'clock. One of us has to watch the Braves. One yes. of us has to actually watch the Braves. Yes, one of us has to watch the Hawks. One of us has to watch the Braves. I'm I'm watching mostly Braves, so I tune in for the entire first quarter. Correct. Hawks. Most of the second quarter, and then I come back third quarter and stay till about seven minutes left in the third. Okay. Got it. Then I check out. Hawks. And they're up by like fifteen. Of that they're point, up by right? exactly fifteen. Philly takes a timeout. I'm over to the Braves. I don't come back until right. like six minutes left in the game. Really? So I miss. Basically, they were still up. six minutes left in the third to six minutes left in the fourth. They're still up by like 15 or 14 at that point, right? <clears throat> when I come back? Yeah. No. Really? Up there, It was single digits, but it was comfortable. Yeah, still a comfortable lead. All right. Go so, ahead. All right. They, they won 128-124, by so the way. So there were, there were multiple moments in, in the dying moments of the game, like with three minutes left where the Hawks are up eight. All right. Multiple times. Yeah. Philly gets it down to three. Hawks push it back to eight. And the game felt over with, I'm, I'm not kidding when I say this, four times. It felt like it was over with four times. And it felt they, over with when I tuned back in. They kept bringing it back to a single possession. I've never seen, you, you know the uh, the iconic, uh, the, the Reggie Miller choke thing? Yeah. That happened four times and they survived it four times. They in ball, inbounded the ball. When Philly went to a full court press, it felt like a middle school basketball game where no one could get the ball over half court. There, there was a... Such an out of bounds. They had a five second turnover, up five with less than a minute and a half to go. And obviously they had timeouts. No, 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 no No timeouts left because they they they, used all their timeouts. They used all their timeouts just trying to survive, like literally just trying to not turn the ball over. It was that bad. Kevin Herter turns the ball over one possession. They're still up five. In uh, Philly scores, they're still up five. They get the ball into Kevin Herter. He gets over the half court line. Is trapped. Is clearly about to lose the ball. Calls our last timeout. So we have no timeouts left with three minutes remaining. Up like 10 or so. Yeah. Okay. Philly Philly gets – we foul Ben Simmons up eight because Ben Simmons cannot shoot a free throw. Cannot shoot free throws. Okay. Ben Simmons makes the first, misses the second. Joel Embiid gets the rebound, three-point play. Boom. Philly's down four. 76ers fans are losing their minds. Everyone's losing their minds. Every Hawks fan is thinking this game. Mike Breen on the call, by the way, he did a great job. I be happening. It was awesome. This cannot be happening. Can I cut it in? Did you watch which broadcast did you watch? Uh, I local watched, or ABC? No, 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 ABC. I was at a bar. So you have to, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I prefer the Hawks broadcast, but I watch ABC because I was at a bar. Bob Rathman. Uh, yeah, I like Neek. It just makes me feel at home. Love Neek. <laughs> anyway, dude. So they, at this point, you're like, oh my god, it's it's. We're going to lose this game. Bogey hits a dagger three. Go up back by seven. It happens again, dude. Again. Philly comes down and scores. We're trying to inbound the ball. Someone inbounds the ball. Uh, I think Kevin inbounds the ball to Bogey. He fumbles it. Ben Simmons gets a bunny layup. We're up two with like 30 seconds to go. And they end up surviving. 
It happens again. Trey Young and John no, Collins. It happens again. Trey Young and John Collins. I know. I've Collins. seen all this. And then it happens this. again, dude. I saw the final minute. I've minutes. never seen it like it. But they I win. Saw, 128, yeah, they 124. Win, but you so, can't feel good about it. It's, yes. Okay. It's a win. You feel about as bad about this win as you possibly can, though. Isn't this the kind of game? Let me try to make you feel better. Isn't this the kind? Well, first of all, grade them. Sounds like a C plus from your end. Honestly, I- I'll give it a, a B minus. Like a B- yeah, easy yeah, grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One twenty eight, one twenty four win in game one on the road. Yeah. Okay. This is the kind of game, right? The Hawks always should have lost. Always yeah. would have lost. Exactly. In the past, regular season or not. Yeah. Now they're doing it on the road in the playoffs against Philly to go to the Eastern Conference yes. Finals. They've stolen a game. Yeah. I mean, 76ers you, aren't winning in the farm. You gotta That's feel, not happening. You got to feel good about it, but you're not like ecstatic about it. I want to put the every dime I own on the Sixers in game two. Oh, I yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I bet two, the Tuesday night game two, Friday night game three. I way. bet the Hawks money line uh, this past game. I put 50 on it. And they were getting it out, like, two and a half. They were getting three and a half. The Hawks and were getting three. The money line was like, the spread was like, oh, that's crazy value. Like the Hawks, I would say the Hawks should have been the favorite going into that game, even without DeAndre Hunter, because. Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid's status was so uncertain. Right, right, right. We ended up learning that he was just fine. He put up like 39 on Boy, us. Boy, he seemed really but, fine. Yeah, he seemed fine. But I would have said Hawks should have been the favorite, and they won the game. So Embiid had right. 39, but this is like, he only had nine rebounds. Yeah. He had nine total rebounds. This is a crazy stat yeah, from he, this game. he neutralized Clint Capella, though. I mean, Cl- I think so Capella too. was not a factor. It, Capella still had 11 and 10, which is... Just nuts. I mean, yeah. but he's a production yeah. monster. I mean, that's crazy. His, that's pretty much his floor. Game. It doesn't get worse than that for Capella, though. Every starter for the Hawks had a negative plus minus. Every bench player that played for the Hawks had a positive plus minus. Yeah. Let me take you to Philadelphia. Every starter for Philly, every single one, positive. That sort of makes sense. Yeah. And then every bench player, or um, every bench player was negative. So, in other words, the Hawks. Six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Won the game? Yeah. Has that happened once all season? Mm. I mean, yeah, a couple times where the bench has carried us. Like, there was a Danilo Gallinari. Not to that extent. Not to that extent, no. I think the Danilo Gallinari game, it might have been against Boston where he put up, like, legitimately 30 points in five minutes. Bullshit. But that's one that comes to mind. But yeah, you're right. Whenever I was. Sweet Lou Williams had a plus 16 in 11 minutes. Why is, why is Lou Williams only playing 11 minutes? Oh, he's playing the non-Trey Young minutes. That's it. But dude, does it not seem like this is a good matchup for the Hawks in general? Yeah, I felt fine with it. I feel good with it. Honestly, like I feel like it's the best of the three. If you were to play Milwaukee, 76ers and the Nets, you'd almost always. Yeah. Cream City soft as shit in the playoffs. That's the only thing good about the Bucks. Yeah. That would have been good for the Hawks. Other than that, that matchup stinks. Yeah, for the Hawks. Well, you see, you go. All right, so you go. Nobody's beating the Nets. Joel, jo, I, I don't know. Now that Harden's down, I do. I don't, I don't know. But see, you go Joel Embiid, best player in the series, probably. Then you go Trey Young, then Ben Simmons, and then the next what three, uh, four, four players? Five, yeah. Hawks. Yeah. I mean, they are. It's a matchup nightmare for Philly in terms of being the favorite. All the pressure is now on Philly too. Tobias Every, Harris, twenty and ten. Yeah. He's solid. I mean, he's a solid player. I'd rather have, personally, I'd rather have John Collins, Clint Capello on my team than that guy. For sure. What about Gallinari? Gallinari, I think he slots in as like the fifth or sixth best player in the series. Under Tobias Harris. Maybe. 
Yeah, maybe. He's a better shooter than Tobias Harris. I'd take Tobias Harris over Yeah, Gallinari. probably. Gallinari's not even a starter, though. So. I'm not trading Bruno Fernando for the world, though. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. I, wouldn't, I, I don't want Joel on my team for Bruno. All right, Hawks game two coming up Tuesday night. Game three. I'm off that night, so we got to watch night. that together. You want to go down. to coaches? Yeah, I'm down. We can go to coaches. Hell yeah. 1.7 billion TVs at coaches now. Hot wings and cold beers. Pretty good. Let's go. Uh, Golf. Golf. And then we will get to our interview with Bananas head coach, Tyler Gillum. Uh, Golf right now has a good thing going in this Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka. We have not talked about it. Brooksy, we have not talked about it yet, but since the PGA Tour is coming to Jasper County, South Carolina, right up the road from Savannah. At Congaree Golf Club, the Palmetto Championship, the inaugural Palmetto Championship this week, this weekend um, in South Carolina. Both of those guys in the field, um, pretty good field. Yeah. A lot of good, a lot of good players in the field, including d- world number one, Dustin Johnson. Um, we'll get to, we'll get to Congaree. I wanted to talk Bryson and Brooksy for a minute. Sure. Um, so clear winners in this feud, right? I forgot, I forgot to tell you that the Sixers shot 69% from the free throw line. <laughs> nice. Nice. That is nice. So clear winners in this feud, right? Then there's multiple winners in my mind. There's one big, big loser, right? In the Bryson DeChambeau versus Brooks Kepka feud. Yes. Okay. So one big loser, obviously Bryson DeChambeau. Do you think there's any chance he didn't actually tell the officials to kick people no. out for saying there's no chance, right? No. No chance. Okay. So let's establish he that. He definitely went to the tour and said can you guys handle this? Yes. Yeah. That's soft. Of course it's soft. That's soft as hell. Because All they're saying is Brooksy. They're not even saying expletives. They're just saying Brooksy. Well, he, DeChambeau, if he were to lean into this and play this correctly, that would be completely off brand. Yeah. His brand is to botch everything there is to botch <laughs> off the court. I mean, there is no other way to look less cool than what DeChambeau has done. Yeah. I think living rent-free in your head that one played a little bit. That was not not a bad move. Everything DeChambeau has done since, or like walking behind Kepka in that video that, that yeah. went viral. Like that's I'm good with that. That's a pretty good move. That there, was funny. Bro. That's a funny little jab with your like metal spikes. Yeah. Like you're the only one left wearing the metal click clack click clack right behind him. That, <laughs> that's funny as shit. But everything else he's done, he cannot manage to be a normal person. Yeah. He has to be well, it's, a it's fucking clear weirdo. That, it's clear that he's like shook by it. Like this bothers him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So but it took him 24 much. hours. At first he said it yeah. was flattering. Yeah. And oh, I mean, he, obviously he's lying. Like he's, Then he went back and now like pe- dudes are getting kicked out. Uh, Brooks Kepka's tossing Michelob Ultra uh, videos out. So oh, funny, dude. So good. <laughs> so good. So and, and if, if this was any other person, because people want to hate Brooks Kepka. He's a bro. He's really good looking. He's obviously arrogant. Like people yeah, want to hate him. I'm not pro Brooks here. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't oh, have pro Brooks in have this a, feud. Oh, in the feud? Yes, I'm fully I, behind my. I'm anti Deschambeau. Yeah, but I'm not. I've never been like. I mean, Brooks doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. Like, well, to a lot of people, so he sad. does. A lot of people, yeah. he does, and a lot of people want to be on Bryson's side, and they just can't be because he's handling it so poorly. But I think it's good for golf, don't you? I think you were saying that before yeah. the pod. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. This is great for for golf and and for the fans. But at this point, at this point, how many times, how many times have we said this is great for the game of golf? Does the game of golf still need? Are we still at the point where we need things to be quote unquote great for the game? Like I feel like the growth of the game is nearly complete. Like it's back to being. You think it's? I think it's back to you think being it's capped out. Like it's market share. No, I mean I I think it's 
a pretty mainstream sport at this point. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people that pay attention to golf. It's not it's not in like a bad place anymore the way it was right after well Tiger sat out. I mean I'll I say think this, since it's Tiger still, won that that tour championship, it's been back. Yeah. I, I I say that the PGA tour drives consumption for actual golf courses. Like people play more golf when they're watching golf. Yeah. And it's still pretty damn easy to get a tea time. You know what I mean? Maybe that's just Savannah. But I, I, I think the the golf hasn't reached its market cap by any means. I think golf could explode at some point in terms yeah, it of could just still keep your, going. I yeah, mean, yeah. But I do think I do think it's doing well. Like obviously, like the the turnouts of these tournaments, people are excited about. It's always oh, on man. Sports Center. Man, they like, can't. The, the fans of the golf tournaments just can't wait to explode every yeah. putt. Um, to that end, growing the game of golf, Congaree Golf Club, where the Palmetto Championship this is, is being held, is the most unique golf course in the world. And I'm not just saying that. In Ridgeland, South Carolina, par 71, Tom Fazio design. The owners of the golf course, the two owners, are the only members. It's a non-membership golf course. Okay, the whole mission is to change the game of golf and bring golf to the younger generation where they don't have to join country clubs. So, at this Congaree Foundation... Congaree is C-O-N-G-A-R-E-E. The spelling for our guy, Brian. Um, <laughs> at this golf course, they have foundations and schools and, and uh, tutoring and life lessons. Like They have all this kind of stuff outside of the game of golf, and that's the mission. The course itself is a method toward that end, if that makes sense. So Bob McNair, one of the owners, and the other billionaire owner, who I can't think of his name, Started the Congaree Foundation, and then made the Congaree Golf Club in South Carolina. So does that makes sense. What am I missing here? How the does foundation it help? is bigger. So they kids play. Kids are playing. They're playing. They, they play the course. Oh, okay. Right, but they do more than that through the Congaree oh, Foundation. Oh, okay. I mean. so, so you can win come the play, world, but you also have to do these things. Win the yeah, or like yeah, if you're a pro, you come play. like this course has been played by a bunch of pro. Are the pros knew it. Yeah. Now, most people even here in Savannah don't even have never heard of this course. I hadn't until the podcast. Okay, and this is Golf Digest's 38th best golf course in the world. Jeez, man. In the world. Jeez. The 38th best golf course in the world. Um, if if uh, the world's eyeballs are on this golf course, the owners think, then the world's eyeballs will then be on the Congaree Foundation. Right. And their foundation grows. That's not that, a bad business model, or I guess it's not that's a the plan. Model. They're aiming, and they still have an outside shot, I believe, for the 2025 U.S. Open. Um, Dang, that was their goal. But when the RB or when the RBC Canadian Open had to be canceled for coronavirus, they moved. That was supposed to be this weekend. They yeah. moved. They created this at Congress. So they'll start June 10th through the 13th. Are you gonna go? I, I want to go. Yeah, I want to go. Do you think they'll pair Brooks and Bryson together? Oh man, they, no chance, right? I, I don't know if they should. I think I, you gotta it let it happen. Like a little bit of a spectacle. You gotta let it happen on its own, right? It has yeah. to be a Saturday or Sunday where where they're next to each other. It would feel extremely forced if they. Did Plus, it first if you put round. them together day one and two, there's a third guy. Yeah, you gotta. And it's like it's you not gotta fair put to that uh, guy. who's nice guy. You gotta put Spieth with them. Spieth. You got to put speed with them, yeah. right? Yeah. What maybe somebody that's like it, it would or tilt like Davis it. Love the third. Maybe somebody that would tilt it a little bit in Bryson's favor since it's such a domination. Maybe you put Rory out there with him. What if it was Pat Reed? 
Oh my god. That would be the most electric threesome of yeah. all time, dude. Pat's just mad at both of them the entire time. Or they could, put, they could put JB Holmes, who is notoriously one of the slowest players on tour. <laughs> they could put him and then Brooks would just have a meltdown with DeChambeau <laughs> and, and JB Holmes. Sign um, me up. I'd watch that, yeah. All right, so now we will get you guys to our interview with Bananas head coach Tyler Gillum. You've never met Gillum before, Spencer. What did you think of it? Uh, I thought it was I thought he was total baseball guy, like two yeah, at sea. He's the man. He's, he's the, man. the man. Uh, I told a funny story about a bus breaking down in the middle of Vegas. That was funny. Um, uh, so that is what roughly fifteen to twenty minutes. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that next week, episode seventy-one. Uh, you can find us. Uh, on Twitter at Podcast Grits and on Instagram, The Hot Grits. How do they find you? Penny? Find me on Twitter at Spencer Maddox underscore. Don't you dare forget that underscore, Trav, where they find you. At Jadon Sports, award winning Twitter account. Not a big deal, guys. Not a big deal. Uh, and like I said, rate, subscribe, follow, rate, subscribe, follow. Tell your cool friends only. And until next time, right now, Tyler Gillum interview. Until next time, stay safe. Wash your hands, filthy animals. Peace. The Prep Sports Report has been delivering local sports news one way or another for 20 plus years. Where can you find stories and information about the most outstanding student athletes in the Savannah area? PrepSportsReport.com. That's where. Led by our guy Carl DeMossi and former area sports reporter Stephen Weeks, the Prep Sports Report is a reimagined website that wants to celebrate young men and women who are setting the high school sports standard in Savannah and surrounding areas. Go check out PrepSportsReport.com today. Go like Prep Sports Report on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at PrepSAV. PrepSportsReport.com, your number one source for local Savannah High School sports news. The Hot Grits Podcast is sponsored by Bewley Oaks Home Improvement. Bewley Oaks Home Improvement in Savannah. B-E-A-U-L-I-E-U. Call Tony today for any kind of home improvement work you might need, whether it's inside the house or outside the house, whether it's in the kitchen, the bathrooms, the floors, the roofs, anything you may need. Tony has got you. 912-667-5235. That's 912-667-5235. You'll ask for Tony, tell him what you need done, and tell him the Hot Grits Podcast sent you. All right, we now welcome on Savannah Bananas manager since 2018, Tyler Gillum. Uh, he's on a bus right now on the way to Lexington County, South Carolina, uh, to face the Blowfish, uh, the sure. 7-0 Savannah Bananas. Coach Gillum, thank you for joining us. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. Always good to hang out with some guys and talk baseball. No doubt, no doubt. All right, you guys are 7-0, Coach, to start the year. What's going on over there? Is anybody washing underwear? Is anybody shaving? Is, is it just a gross atmosphere because nobody wants to change? Hey, these boys are wild. I'm telling you, who knows, man, we've got, seems like every day we got somebody shaving their head or doing something crazy. Um, I, I, I don't know about the underwear thing, but my mustache is actually going to continue to grow in 
until we lose. So I told the boys it's going to continue to grow. It looks like a caterpillar right now. I do not grow a good mustache. It's absolutely terrible. But uh, it's all about the confidence in it. Uh, my wife hates it. She can't wait until it's shaved. But uh, that's what we're rolling with, man. We've got an awesome group of guys. And, man, um, after night one, all of our front office, they all were saying, like, hey, it looks like these guys have been playing for, you know, a month, two months together. It's yeah. crazy, you know, team chemistry-wise how, how well they're doing right now. Well, what has that been like, Coach? I know usually you guys have a little bit – I mean, obviously with Corona and stuff, it was a different kind of an off season. but you guys also started doing – you know, the world tour, the one city world tour and a, and a bunch of stuff like that in the off season or the Savannah bananas did for you. What was yeah. it like coming into this year? Was it any different? Like, was it a quicker put together? In other words, um, you know, I felt like it was for me, it was it was really close to like 2018, 2019, just a normal year of um, recruiting, recruiting full year and, and getting kids in and um, you know, starting up on time, all of that, you know, I thought it was pretty normal back to 2019, you know, so we feel really good about that. We, we ended up having to get, we've got quite a few good D one players, um, that are actually still in regionals or about to go to super regionals. So, um, early in the year, we've had to bring on a lot of what we call temp players, yeah. um, where they might be here for a week or might be here for two weeks. And man, they've, uh, they've all, done an unbelievable job where they've all uh, definitely made a, a good argument like hey coach figure out how to keep me here you know and so some of these guys we're going to be able to keep um for the full time and they've earned those spots man it's you know it's hard to top what these guys have already done being seven and up. yeah all you can do is win every game you've played so far <laughs> yeah i don't know if you can do anything better um coach do you think that you'll be there longer or bill Leroy will be there longer Bill Leroy is an absolute legend in banana land, man. Who knows? <laughs> hopefully we're, hopefully we're here together for as long as we possibly can be, man. Um, man, I'm fortunate to have Bill with us for four years and also Kyle Weeks. Um, yeah. Both those guys are four year summer guys and that doesn't happen in summer baseball. Actually, I, I, I don't know any player that's ever played in one location in summer ball for four years. That's what I'm saying. We got to get these guys a record or something. Dude, we need to get these guys a statue for all the things that they've done for us, man. I'm telling you, um, you know, I mean, everybody like Bill Leroy is a legend. Like I, people on the West Coast, I coach in Phoenix, Arizona during the year and people on the West Coast are like, hey, what about your catcher, Bill Leroy? Man, that guy's hilarious. I'm well, like, how in the crap do you guys know this guy? You know, and, it's the name, uh, too. It's, really man. Cool. it's the name. It's, it might be the most baseballiest name of all time. I'm telling you, man, and he's got the personality to go with it. Yeah. He plays with a high energy, and it's man, it's, he's fun. It's Wally Joyner, and then his name right below that. You know I mean? <laughs> Whoa, Wally yeah, Joyner, yeah. that's yeah, a yeah. reference. <laughs> that's a reference. Not, no doubt, no doubt. Throw a Wally Joyner uh, reference in there. That's pretty good for the podcast. But, <laughs> Thanks, uh, man. Hey, Coach, dude, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, yeah, like, I, I can't say – enough good things about bill or leroy and what he's done for the bananas organization and man i'm hoping to keep him around and be a future coach and maybe the baseball academy or be a be a part of the pro team in the future Ooh, breaking news yeah we'll count yes. we got next in line we've got a successor <laughs> yes well coach uh a lot of these games in i mean if anyone's been to a bananas game they understand that part of it is like a spectacle there's a little bit of a globe charters feel but you guys play a legit brand of baseball too like you said you're seven and oh 
what's the what's the balancing act like as the manager? Do you like if there's a close game and you've got your guys out there dancing, do you get a little frustrated, a little eye roll on you? Good question. Good question. No, it's a great question, man. And it's one that's actually gets asked a lot. You know, it's like, how do you balance the entertainment from the baseball and the winning, right? And what we did is we created a saying called flip the switch. And um, these guys all know it. And our goal is to be able to go from moment to moment, from entertainment to baseball, back to entertainment, back to baseball in a flip of a switch. And if we can do that really well, we can be really good and accomplish what we want to accomplish. Our owner, Jesse Cole, he wants to have the the best baseball entertainment experience in the world, right? And I want to develop baseball players. and I want to be really good on the field. And so what really intrigued me of coming into this organization four years ago was um, Jesse's energy level, and his thought process of, of trying to make all of that happen and us kind of collaborating together, like, hey, let's figure out how we can match this thing and we can be the best at both. And, um, you know, right now in the CPL, we're the best at both, you know. Um, and so uh, it, it's definitely challenging at times, um, but it's exactly what I knew I was getting into to start with. You know, it, it wasn't like I walked into this job not knowing we were going to be really good at the entertainment um, and there was going to be some focus there. You know, I knew exactly what I was going to getting into and what I, how I visioned it was let's be the absolute best. And how can we do that? And a lot of it is just a lot of organization and then players buying in. Right. It's, it's really unique. What do you think? Uh, how do you think Bobby Cox would react if he was in your shoes? Do you think he would have an actual heart attack? Like on the, yeah, Bobby Cox <laughs> is a legend. Knowing Bobby Cox, he would probably, Oh. right so um you know you never know like that's that's the whole thing with with our environment a lot of guys have just never had the challenge you know managers have never had the challenge of trying to do what we're doing right and that's what i loved about it was like you know i coached in the texas collegiate league for three summers we we were like 130 and 25 in three summers we won Jesus. three pcl championships like we were really good and then I went to the Cape. We won our half. Um, we, we had a really we had one of the best records in the, uh, the Cape that summer. And so, like, I've been around winning baseball my entire life, but I've never had the challenge of trying to be the best entertainment and fans first. Uh, well, you're killing it. So that's what that, that's the challenge that I wanted to take on. And so it's been fun. Um, obviously there's obstacles and you you gotta wait you gotta weigh everything but man it's been fun it's an awesome journey when you got awesome players like we do that just buy in man it's 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 a lot of fun coach what is it like when they try when the front office present i'm assuming this is how it goes uh logistically the front office brings you an idea uh you know a promotion or something like that and then you say okay yeah we're on board or not? Has that ever happened where it yeah. was where it was too far fetched, where it was too crazy, and you weren't on board? Well, this is so. When me and Jesse uh, Jesse Cole first interview, when I interviewed for the job, um, he was like, "You know, we do a lot of crazy stuff here. Are you going to be able to, you know, be okay and work with me on those things?" Yeah. And my thing was this: I said, as long as uh, as long as we aren't putting the players in a position where they're going to get hurt. Like, we'll be able to figure out how to make it work. And so um, me and Jesse have worked really well together. He's, he's definitely the idea guy. If you don't know that Jesse 
um, he, every single morning he writes 10 ideas down. And so what happens throughout the year, a lot of times is Jesse Ooh, will like call that. me and be like, Hey, Gillum, what, um, you know, what do you think about doing this? Or what do you think about doing this? And we kind of swap ideas or tweak it or whatever, whatever that situation There has to is. be some crazy ideas on that list. Yeah, we have a lot of idea for losers. I'll give yeah. you this. We actually did one with the players the other day. So you guys have seen all of our crazy celebrations after we score. Right. A lot of that stuff came up from the players' idea for loser that we had last week. We had all the players in the locker room. We said, all right, guys, let's uh, bring three ideas of celebrations that would be awesome, that fans would love. That would, be, that would get us pretty hyped. And so all the players brought it in. We had a whiteboard. Um, so we're taking notes and, and everybody plays a role in, in, in taking ownership of what we're doing inside the organization. See, that's how I could contribute. I would be hitting like 110, obviously not even hitting my weight. And then but, super but utility role, super utility role. Lots of ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of yeah, ideas. lots of ideas. We could throw you in the banana split suit, possibly. Maybe get you in the YMCA. Maybe you're the cowboy all on right, top of the dugout. Right. Now, like, I wasn't, we can find something. I had one of... You know, people have said one of the greatest at bats in Grayson Stadium history against Jordan Merritt in this 2018 or 2019. Really? Yeah, do you remember that one, Coach? Yeah, he remembers that. You don't remember? Oh my you gosh. don't remember? I remember <laughs> now. Yes. Legendary you, at bat from the eight hole. Did yeah. you, didn't you hit a screamer on the infield? Is that what it was? I did. A line out. The second baseman made it really an incredible play. Hats off to him. But Jordan Merritt I, got everything he wanted out of that bat, man. No doubt, and man. I came Jordan away with a awesome twenty. Banana. <laughs> he, he, he promised me that I wouldn't go five pitches, and I, and I came away with the help of the umpire on a check swing, two two slipped him ten of the twenty. So, <laughs> so we're, phenomenal. Yeah, so we're loved every going. bit of it. What uh, a, what a time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, what a world, right? Um, Coach, what's your, what's the worst road trip you've ever been a part of, either with the bananas or uh, with one of your other summer league teams? I mean, it's not. First class travel. I know they take care of you guys, but it's not first class travel. What's what's the worst experience you've had? Man, there's always some funny stories. Like I now I've been a part of it so many times. Like I just embrace. Like I I go into it expecting like, hey, bus is gonna break down. <laughs> um, you know, some you know some things are gonna happen. It's it, it's it, it's just part of summer baseball. But man, if um, let's see here, some crazy stories. I'll tell you this one. This one's kind of a funny one. This one's off the cuff a little bit because I haven't had like two. We we actually had the bus breakdown one time underneath. um, We were coming from Vegas, traveling back to Phoenix, Arizona, and something underneath the bus was dragging. And we're like three hours away from Phoenix. And the bus was telling us like, hey, you know, there's something dragging underneath. We're going to be here probably until the morning until another bus gets here. Um, and, and at this time it's like 1 a.m. Oh, and, and so all of our guys are just like, oh man, this is brutal, you know? And so I, we had two crazy players. They said, no, that ain't happening. We're going to get whatever's underneath the bus. We're getting underneath it right now and going, and of course, no like way. bus policy, like you're not supposed to, you know, go Have underneath third and, and work bus, on it. Yeah. yeah. So these crazy dudes get under there. I can't remember exactly what it was, but something was hanging down. They end up getting the screws out of it and just getting it all set up. And then we're at this convenience store and um, there's like four homeless people that's running around asking all these guys for money. 
and the guys are like <laughs> don't know what to think so we're kind of like trying and these to are 20 and 21 safe. year olds right oh yeah yeah well these guys are these guys are 18 and 19 it's junior college so <laughs> so they end up getting One of the homeless guys is like i think it's the alternate Oh yeah. So they get, they end up getting this thing off. I, I don't know. It was, I can't remember what it was that was hanging underneath dragging, but they get it off. They come out, they've got like oil and you know, it's just like they're dirty head to toe. They're the whole team's fired up though. So we get this thing off. And then the lady that was driving the bus is like, all right, we're good to go. Let's roll. So it was kind of a funny <laughs> moment. So a awesome. Good team building exercise. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, um, but I haven't had the bus catch on fire or anything like that, so it could be in a lot worse. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and knock on wood right now. Yeah. Knock yeah. on wood for that. Um, Spencer, yeah. did you know that Gillum was the 2020 Connect Coach of the Year? And as you know, I was the 2021 Connect Savannah Twitter Account of the Year. We have that in common. Okay, so a little no, bit of connection there. Yeah, no question there. But just wanted to let Spencer know that he's in the presence <laughs> of award. Yeah, winners. that was that's big time right there. Yeah, that was cool that we got that. You know, last year was a, a unique experience going through, you know, right in the middle of the pandemic. We're one of the only play, uh, teams playing in the country, and um, the guys handled it unbelievable. I was I was so impressed with the guys because we went through the entire summer, and we didn't have one player end up testing positive for COVID. Um, so, Damn, I that's mean, that, crazy. That, that, that's, that's absolutely insane, you know. Um, I think we had four players that ended up getting, like, symptoms, and we went and got them tested, and um, they ended up tested negative, so they didn't get it. And um, yeah, it was it was a crazy summer, but a really cool experience. Like just being able to go through something like that and coming out on the other side like unscathed. You know what I mean? Yeah, Coach. What would be your elevator pitch to to like baseball guy that's never seen the bananas play here in Savannah? Um, like you know, I'm sure you run across these kind of people still that are skeptical oh, yeah. of the whole thing. What what's the elevator pitch? What's how do you kind of try to convince them or do you even bother trying to convince people like that anymore? Yeah. I just, I mean, the first thing they're like, what's it like? And I said, it's just a circus and then a baseball game breaks out. But the thing is like we play aggressively. It's a fun type of baseball. We steal a lot of bases. Um, we're going to try to take the extra bag. Um, you know, our guys are going to be dancing on the dugouts and uh, you're going to see some talented baseball players. We've ended up having, I don't know, multiple guys get drafted. Um, into Major League Baseball. I mean, we had Brandon Shoemaker who ended up going first round. Yeah, with the Braves. Um, so we've had some really good players. It's not just some like random players that just dance. It's like we've got really good players, and then they also do a, do the entertainment. So it's a circus, and then a baseball game breaks out. And some people say like, hey, I would say this. There's 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 people all the time that like, they actually don't say it as much anymore because we win. Right. But when I first took the job in 2018, there's a lot of coaches that would be like, Hey, what's it like for, uh, you know, your organization not to care about baseball. And that first oh, drop summer some names, we'll flame them. Yeah. 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 We, <laughs> so that first summer we went 17 and four in the first half, which was the best record ever in the first half. Let's go. We won the first half. And so afterwards I, I was actually approached by, um, I was approached by a coach that was in the league at the time. And he was like, Hey, what's it like playing with an organization that don't care about baseball? And I was like, Oh, you mean the one that just won the first half and had the best record yeah, that's ever this, had? This oh yeah. Nine by the way, games we, back. Also, we also had eight all-stars 
because uh, this was at the all-star game actually when i was asked this and i was like oh yeah and we also got the most all-stars so uh, it's kind of funny um i yeah, think we nice. care about the baseball a little bit too there yeah it's a nice gig <laughs> Uh, I was there for that first half of that first year, a lot of those home games, and that team was really, 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 really good. Shoemake was Shoemake was on that team. Was Shoemake on that? No, team? that was uh, Shoemake was on the 2016 team. Who was the shortstop that was? This guy got drafted too. I think Clay Dungan was on the Dungan. Man, God, he was hitting yep, like he's four killing it right man. now. Yep, he's in AAA with the Royals right now. Kid's an absolute stud. Is, is he still at shortstop, coach? With the yep, world, he's you know? still playing short. Yep. Damn, so he's gonna—he's ahead of that Bobby Wick guy. Well, I don't know if he's ahead of one him, could say. One could say. <laughs> yes, yes, we, we can say that. That organization's really good. I got a couple other former players that played for me in the Cape that are in that organization, and uh, Kyle Isbell, and they—they um, they just have a really good organization of young guys right now. The Royals dude plays one of those man. I, I stay in touch with him um, quite a bit. Man, he's a fun player to coach. All right, Coach, can we request that uh, – and I don't want to change anything during a winning streak, so not during a winning streak. But after, if the winning streak ever ends, uh, can we request that you guys do a Mexican standoff at some point after the national anthem? I've, I haven't seen one from you guys yet. The uh, – to see who lasts the longest? Yeah. On, staying on the line? Yeah. Yeah, so um, they actually did one the other day. Where was it? I think it was at Macon. Where was it? Making her home. No, it was at home. How'd we do? It was at home. I had to actually pull him off because the first pitch was about to be made. So somebody had to go pick him up at home plate. <laughs> good shit. I don't That's think good I shit. don't think as many people realized what was going on because <laughs> there was so much craziness going on at home on opening night. But doesn't matter. Uh, the clubhouse knows. The clubhouse knows. That's right. So we'll end up. There'll probably be another opportunity where that ends up uh, ends up happening. So we can probably get that in there for you. Yeah, let's let the media know about it so we can go crazy about that too. Also, more segues from the bullpen. Yeah, we haven't brought the segues out this year. We've got a little Savannah Bananas card out there. Um, Lugs came in, looks like he was sleeping in the back of this uh, trolley card <laughs> um, and then came out and then pitched five phenomenal innings. So Came out uh, throwing cheese out of the cart. Yeah, that's what he did. You know, we rode him in. It's like a bicycle with like a carriage on the back. Yeah, I've so, seen this. <laughs> that's so good. That's what we're rolling with this summer. So uh, it, it's actually kind of tough to drive. It's probably easier. Uh, yeah. The segways are probably easier to drive than that thing is. Yeah, you don't want to be pedaling someone someone too big coming from that. Um, all right, Coach, uh, how do they follow you on Twitter, uh, Instagram, all that good stuff? Um, and how do they keep track of the bananas? Yeah, so uh, Twitter handle is at Gillum13 um, on all social media platforms. So you guys can reach out if anybody wants to chat, talk shop. But, uh, yeah, Savannah Bananas is the same thing, man. The Savannah Bananas um, on all platforms, and uh, it's craziness, and there's always content going up. So uh, come see us play, and I appreciate you guys hanging out and uh, having me on. Hey, thanks, Coach. Let's go get them tonight. 8-0 is the goal, uh, and then we'll go from there, all right? Sounds like a plan, boys. You the man, coach. Appreciate it. Thanks.